Hello and welcome back to Trash Talk. It's been a long hibernation period, but we are back and we're here with none other than the man, Pistol Pete Hooley. He's making waves on the commentary scene and it's about time you took the collar off and got into the studio. Mate, thanks for having me and thanks for them acknowledging that one, I'm an NBL champion and that you went of six on your debut. So we're off well, to a flyer already. <laughs> I didn't actually catch the graphic there, but did you also say general degenerate as well or was that just mine? No, that's... People know me. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get it started with what's happening on the court here. Lamello ball, triple, double. 18 years old. Now, we referenced on Twitter the stuff that we were doing when we were 18 years old. And you was, referenced on Twitter what you were doing. That is true. I was getting super feisty. I was, I was, I was in my Twitter bag last night, but... A 32-point triple-double and the go-ahead shot, well, the game-tying shot to win. Thoughts, queries, concerns? It's it's a ridiculously good accomplishment. You can't take anything away from him. You've seen a lot of stuff from every literally every social media around is just going off about it, and so they should. 32 points as well. I did not expect him to have 32 points in that triple-double, but he just set the scene early. He does everything you need. Um, for an 18-year-old to be doing that, the last one was Nathan Sobey, which was a triple-double. I'm pretty sure he had 10 and 10 on the second Yeah, it was 10 and 10 assist. rebounds and assists. Right, so he had 32, 11, and 13. That's insane. See, I've, now, massive triple-double. Eh? Here we go. <laughs> I've always got to have a negative slant on everything that happens in this world. But the defense was deplorable. LaMelo Ball's defense was deplorable. And I know I'm not one to speak about deplorable defense. No, not at all. But that was deplorable. And the, the Machado just rolling through. So I, I understand it's a massive, but for LaMelo Ball, we're looking, in the, we're looking in the long term. We're not looking for Illawarra Hawks wins here if you're LaMelo Ball. There's certain you're players, looking to get drafted. Kupchak sitting on the sideline and you've laid an egg defensively. You're lucky that you went for a triple-double and you've covered it. You are insane for any of this. But I've been listening to people slobber on LaMelo Ball for the last two weeks. They have. And then he comes out and gives a 32-point triple-double. Amazing. But I agree. His defense is definitely not up to par, but it doesn't have to be. There's certain guys who are in the NBA who are two-way players, and there's certain guys who are just scorers, facilitators, and all that. A lot of people keep questioning LeBron's defense at times, but LeBron gives us all yeah, we know people, LeBron's, LeBron's been the greatest player in the league for like 17 years, and people have questioned him every single year. So we can't bring that into the debate. But you've got to remember that Terrible I... Terrible comparison. <laughs> um, I keep LaMelo Ball. I, I'm not just looking at him as an NBL player here. So it might sound like I'm coming in tough, which I am. You are but very I'm, much But so. I'm seeing him as a potential number one pick. That's what I'm grading him as. And I'm critiquing him on anything that will take away from that. So when people come out and say that this performance secures him the number one pick, he should leave the NBL now, which I also want to hear your thoughts on. First off, you also told me we were talking about the triple-double, and now you're talking about number yeah, one pick. You, so know different you, know, you know what happens when I get on the mellow ball. I don't think he necessarily will be the number one pick. That comes down to what team wins the lottery and what... Team needs certain type of players. I don't think he's no way by far he's locked in. There's some terrific players in this draft. Um, but also at 18 years old, you were probably serving soft serve cones at McDonald's. This guy's getting triple doubles in a professional men's league against, you said Scott Machado went off, which he did. I like Scott Machado a lot. But what he's done, they threw DJ Newbill at him, who likes to play defense as well. He just really dominated this game, helped him get a win in overtime. Massive, big three ball as well. Does it affect the NBL? When he's 18 years old, and there's a lot of people out there, especially in America, that don't believe in LaMelo Ball at all, which I, I think is stupid. We know how good this league is. But does it hurt the value of the NBL when an 18-year-old is coming in here and dominates and leads his team to a win with a triple-double from the outside looking in? Well, keyboard warriors, I was looking at some comments, seem to think so, but I don't think you can look at it like that. If you're going to have comments saying, that, oh, he's, I saw some saying he's playing against bums or he's playing against just cans, which you can't say that anymore about You cannot the say that at all. This is a potential well, top four team, and we will, we will talk about that. about that later. But 
No, I think you've got to go back and watch the game itself to see. He was everywhere. And I, he loves rebounds. He, he was, was chased, everywhere on defense, especially when Machado went straight to the hoop. He, he was, was, he he was chased, but wing. he got the win, though. That's the He hit a big shot and he took he over did. when he needed to. But you're right, his defense isn't up to par, but he's still 18. That, that comes with time. How old are you? 24. And you still haven't got it. So he's got, <laughs> he's got plenty of time to get there. There was a lot of things. Well, and all the references. What about we've seen on Twitter that Lamello balls out till 2 a.m. shooting his oh. shot in the gym, which... Uh, we most of us are shooting our shot at two AM, but just not in an Illawarra Hawks gym. Do you believe that when you see that stuff? And this all happened with Carmelo Anthony in the NBA. As I well. believe that he does way more work than anybody else. Of course he does. He's got his mentor here. He's doing all that kind of work. I don't know about the timestamp. The timestamp. There's no chance of the timestamp. We know what an NBL schedule is like. You finish it around twelve o'clock in the afternoon. So if you're, you've got plenty of time. To your get time it. management needs some serious work if you're in the gym at two AM well, because yeah. you're not going. 12 hours the entire Having way, said bro. that, we both played college and I know a lot of my college teammates at times were going to the gym at like midnight if they couldn't sleep or whatever. So it depends what time the Hawks start in the morning. Hey, I'm not buying it. I'm not, I'm not, not buying, buying it. You're very anti-Lamello. <laughs> Get no, out of here. I'm not anti-Lamello. Do not say I'm anti-Lamello. You I'm st- holding him to a high standard because I believe he has the potential to be a number one pick. I'm also relying for the general look of the NBL that this guy comes out and dominates in the NBA because it is a bad look for the NBL if a guy comes over here at 18 years of, 18 years of age and dominates to the to the standard that he's dominating on the offensive end and then ends up drafting number four and just doesn't live up to expectation. People will then view the NBL as, oh, well, if a kid can come over and do this, we can't trust what these other imports are doing. Fair enough, but I want to also look at how far he's come this year from his first couple of games. From that first couple of games to where he is now, he's taking big strides and he keeps improving, but we'll get on to whether all that well, whether he should leave. Uh, th- th- that's all the talk about whether he should leave or not, and, and there's no way. And it was put right on Twitter was saying that, this is the this is the perfect reason for him staying. He needs I, might, to stay I think now. I disagree with that. I How? think also if he has a couple a couple another really good games, the Hawks have beat one team this year. Yeah, can we just give a quick shout out to that stat that the Hawks have won five games out of the last eighteen, and it's been Cairns, all of which are against the Titans. So ends. they're probably not going to win too many more. If he if he has a couple good games himself statistically, what more does he have to prove? He's done it against men, and he's done it consistently for half an NBL season. Only negative stuff can probably happen in because I saw a couple of people said, "Oh, he's only going to keep getting better." Is he going to put up another better stat line in thirty-two, eleven, and thirteen? Probably no, not. Probably not. Is so he he, gonna- negative stuff can happen. Touch wood, injuries can happen. A lot of stuff can happen. He could start to hit a wall. Teams could be like, "Well, there's no one else on the Hawks. Let's double him every time. Let's just box and one him." Some teams bullets might do it. They like to junk things up. Things could go sour fast. So I'm thinking. Couple more, you might be able to save his stock at where he is at this high. I, I, I think he, you stay in the league. You stay in the league for sure because what people don't understand is that scouts are talking to these players, even though they're not meant to be. They're still to, NBA scouts are talking to these players. If you think Kupchak didn't mention a couple of words on where he thinks to, well, maybe not directly to Lamelo, but to Jermaine Jackson, his caretaker, agent, whatever we're going to call him, trainer, seems to be covering, ticking absolutely every box while he's out here. If he didn't mention, I'd be very surprised if he didn't mention a few words on where he thinks that Lamelo can improve, where he currently stands in the draft stock. I'm sure they're all These over These sort of things. I'm sure so they're, they're all, all over it. it. Which so is if, why whatever we say here will hold no weight on what he does. Absolutely no <laughs> weight, but that's how we, how we love it. But it, also still just saying one more thing on that sort of Lamelo train or whatever we're going to call it, that coaches and GMs don't just watch House of Highlights for ankle breakers no, from you're Lamello. Right. You're they right. watch the defensive end of the floor because they're risking their jobs on picking this guy. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm on, I'm with you on that, but let's get off your anti-Lamello train. Well, anti-Lamello train. I'm, actually, I'm actually going to come in with some positivity here on what has been a okay. negative situation. Okay. Corey Webster. Well, a negative situation. Corey <laughs> Webster's injury, injured. but I'm going to be positive on RJ Hampton. 
We see that LaMelo Ball is obviously getting all the attention in this league in terms of the Next Stars program. RJ Hampton, who in my opinion is just as good. I, I love RJ's game. Is on a much more talented team roster-wise yep. with New Zealand. You take everything that's happened off the court and we'll discuss some of that later. But with what they've got on the court, Corey Webster is a very ball-dominant type guard. Scotty Hobson was a very ball-dominant guard. With Scotty Hobson out, and he may be returning yeah, this week, so, so this may not age well. But with Corey Webster out and that those usage minutes being allowed for RJ Hampton, can we see this as his chance? Just like when Aaron Brooks went down and LaMelo stepped up and turned into the player we see today, is this RJ Hampton's chance? I think I love RJ's game. I think he's terrific. And as you said, you think he's just as good as LaMelo. I agree. I just love how composed he is on that team. I'm, gonna, I'm taking a different approach to this. With everything that's gone on, on and off the court with this New Zealand team since day one of this season, someone please come and save my guy, RJ. Save him. <laughs> he's 18. Well, I don't know. Like He can keep saying he's rising above it. He's managing to beat this, put it all behind him and play basketball. Save him. Someone save him. Well, he's going to save him. He's going to save himself by going for a 30-point triple-double. He's, he's Probably not going to go for a 30-point triple-double, but he's got the potential now to be using that ball-type usage because Lamelo Ball dribbles the dots off the ball yep. when he's out there. Which, yep. And you know what? If you can dribble the dots off the ball and get a win like he did, then so be it. Yep. Great job. But this is RJ Hampton's chance. I really Defensively, he's great. Okay, so now I hypothetically raise you this. Next couple of games, say Corey Webster's out. Say Scotty Hobson doesn't play this week. Not sure who they're playing, but if they really start to go at RJ saying he's the next one up, let's not let him get off the thing, and he has a couple down weeks because he gets so much attention, just don't scouts even risk can it. see that, though. People Save forget, him. People forget how smart these scouts are. This Save is him. their professional job. This is how they put food on the table for their kids. And I admit that some make some seriously egregious errors. <coughs> Sam Bowie. Some <laughs> make some absolutely terrible errors, but... It's the day and age where there's enough footage now. You can't be forgiven for... The Luka Doncic one was an outlier for me, and he still went right up there yeah. in the draft. Okay. But I'm, that was a bit of an outlier, and you can sort of understand it's where they come from on that. But I don't think you can make the same mistake these days with a guy like RJ Hampton. I hope I hope he relishes this opportunity and really takes it, but I'm also worried with there's so many other things going on with the Breakers. They were atrocious on the weekend. I would Someone saved my guy. Well, if you are a betting man as well, RJ Hampton overs. And can I just add in another, while we're on the New Zealand Breakers, for you a quick betting. I can add in whatever, you want, I add in whatever I want. You know what? It's our show. We yeah. can add in whatever we want. If you're betting on the Breakers, or if you're betting on the NBA on a Breakers game, they blitz every on-ball, so they trap every on-ball. The bigs have hit their overs in virtually every single game against the breakers so far because they blitz the on-ball and they just throw it to the roller. We have a betting segment. Can you stick to the rundown? No, I, I can't because that, <laughs> that is just too too much gold there and I want people to get on it before fair enough, this fair enough. weekend. But anyway, from RJ Hampton potentially being able to flourish to the Brisbane Bullets complete and utter capitulation as a franchise so far. Who are we blaming? Are we blaming imports? Are we blaming the underperforming Glidden? Or as what seems to be the flavor of the month over the Olympic yeah. campaign, the World Championship scapegoat. camp, are we blaming Lamanus as the scapegoat that he appears to be for so many There's fans? no single blame, I don't think. But I think the thing is, the main thing that worries me about the Bullets, they have too many, everyone said it, there's too many of the same player. EJ Singh, they're good, they're good players. Too many, hands, right. too no many of their same Fox player. Fox house. <laughs> but I think... Ken Glidden broke out of a slump a little bit against Melbourne United. Points. Shout out Melbourne United because when I played for two years, we always broke players out of slumps. <laughs> it was something we were really this good weird at. weird correlation with something you guarding we the worst player on really the floor good at and it. then breaking out of a slump. But I think there's there's too many of the same guy. It, it puts Ken Glidden behind with Kadi originally coming off the bench. They're both knockdown shooters and get hot quick. It's hard to find your role in a team that has the same role over and over. I would love to see, and I'd love to see Cam Oliver on the Brisbane Bullets. Well... In season trades. Well, we can't go there yet. We'll go there. We can. Oh, we can. 
I think we that, can go there. As you said, it's our show. We can go wherever we want. I, I think that'd be go a on ter- a journey with a me. Terrific example, ex- terrific example of an inside trade would be to getting Cam Oliver to the Brisbane Bullets. They, he didn't. They didn't run a look for him last night in the hall. No, no, but his body language was off as well because it, it happened in the. I called the Perth game. He was upset. Scott Machado was a great leader. Went up to him and said, "Mate, keep your head up. Like we won. All this kind of stuff." He needs the ball more. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. And the one thing that I happened that and I I think that the, exactly what you said. There's far too many of the same type of dudes and they yep. need to pull the pin and whether financially they can do it or what it is, but they need to pull the pin and make a change in the import slot, whether it's Braun, Singler, someone there has to change. Glidden needs to step up and I've got no idea what is happening with Glidden right now because he looks like a shell of his former self ever since he got selected in that World Cup team and made it, which a World Cup team that he got rightfully selected in. And I don't care what people say, oh, he made it because he was at the Bullets. No, he made it because he can defend and shoot and he's the guy that you want in international basketball at the end of your bench. Every team needs an identity. The Bullets haven't found it yet because they have too many guys in that same role as an identity. But have they, have they also not found that identity because their head coach was at the World Cup and focusing on the World Cup for the entire preseason? It has a lot to do with it. It has, it has a, a lot, lot to do with it. And that's why I don't want them to have a knee-jerk reaction and sack Lamanis at the end of this year saying he's not the right fit for us. Because if you give, because Lamanis is a great coach. I don't care what anyone says, Lamanis is a great tactical coach and respected by all the players that come under him. So you need to roll with this for at least another year and give him a chance to solely focus on the bullets without the distraction and the uproar that is dealing with the Boomers program. It depends how much weight he holds in picking the team, I think. I think, as you said, he he knows what he's he knows his stuff. If you give him the full reins to to get his own team. Who knows what could happen? We need to dig more into that. He's got, if he has a whole preseason with his team, and, and same with the players. Look, yeah. Glidden, Glidden was away, Sobey's away. It doesn't seem to have affected Sobey, but maybe that's where we can put this Glidden stuff down to. But I'm well, telling you what, if Glidden was an import, he would be copying it a lot harder than yeah, what he Yeah, but now right that you now. said that, so they were both away, but Sobey was coming back into a clearly defined role when he was signed as a free agent. He was coming in to be that starter, to be that guy. Cam Glidden was coming into a role that had been shuffled around with bringing Sobey in and with Kadee, with all these players. So... It's a, it's a lot different. Nothing pains me more than agreeing with you, but I will on this one. But anyway, it's time for our main man. You might notice that Pete Hooley's in the hot seat here. But Wertho is still hanging around. And you know what? I always get a little bit scared when he comes so in because we're going to work out whether Wertho's going to jump in here with a bit of a rant. We're going to work out whether it's Wertho, right, wrong, or just being Wertho. G'day, fellas. My rant this week is simple. New Zealand breakers. What the fuck has happened to them? This was a club that was held at the highest esteem with the Perth Wildcats not that long ago. And the one word that surrounded both of these clubs is culture. Now, the Perth Wildcats have gone on to do what they continue to do. While in breakers, they don't have a culture at the moment. It all started when Mika Vakona was shown the door a couple of years ago and he left for Brisbane. Mika Vakona wore his heart and his sleeve. That man was everything to the New Zealand breakers. And when he was allowed to leave or was shown the door, so did the culture of the breakers. Since then, it's been an absolute shit show. They bring in Kevin Braswell for one year. They let Shea Illy walk, knowing that they're only going to have RJ Hampton for one year. You can argue that even Dylan Boucher being let go has shown everything. Even the assistants, Judd Flavel, Fitchett, they're both gone. What's left of the old regime? Well, there's Tom Abercrombie and there's Corey Webster. Then they want to bring in someone like Dan Shamir as the director of coaching. Not the coach because that job was made redundant, whatever the fuck that means. The coach of the club walks in on day one and tells his players, I'm not here to be your friend. Our record will speak for itself. Well, our record stands at two wins at the moment, Dan. 
And it shows that you are not very good at controlling your players. I'd love to see the Breakers succeed because they have a very, very talented team. But as it stands at the moment, Matt Walsh and the ownership group has come in with their best Miley Cyrus impersonation on a wrecking ball. And the culture is now gone. What do you guys think about the Breakers? For me, it's a disappointment. This was a team that was supposed to maybe push for a top four with all the talent that they had. And at the moment, they look like a traveling circus shit show. Woo! Well, Doesn't no one back. puts it poetically like Wertho does. Should, be on, should uh, be on a Hallmark card, Wertho. That, that's, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of that that could have been on a Hallmark card as well. But I'm going to let you open with this one because I've got my strong opinions on this one. The thing that pains me the most about everything that's happened with the Breakers is knowing how good their culture was for so many years. They were always in the championship hunt as a contender, but everybody just knew you go over to the Breakers, you get looked after. Their culture was absolutely elite. Nothing stands out in my mind more than Kirk Penny's last game last year. When we were down there in the Breakers and they all did the haka, Paulie Hinari jumped on, did the haka with him. Toy Smith Miller did the same thing. That was an incredible moment that really summed up the New Zealand Breakers as a big family. That's what they are. They're a family. Yeah. They're over there in New Zealand. We're here in Australia with all the other teams. It's an us against the world mentality. It is. And it's really, it's really sad and disappointing to see why he's angry. But this is the way, like when parents say, I'm not sad, I'm disappointed. That's how I feel. <laughs> Just knowing and seeing the kind of emotion family they had, it's really sad to see where they're at. Well, I'm going to take the angle on this one. that, And, and I agree with everything that's worth I said. It's an absolute shambles there. And, and on court? They can be somewhat forgiven with the injuries. Like Finn Delaney, Rob out of their Lowe, control. Yeah. Out of their control. So I can forgive them with the record there. But uh, the thing that annoys me is the amount of heat that Matt Walsh has copped throughout this whole thing from when it goes to the Glenn Rice stuff. Now, Matt Walsh was giving Glenn Rice a second chance. Has Matt Walsh had a lot of... And, I, and I'm going to Glenn Stop. Rice here. Let's, before you start, there's no, not a second chance with Glenn Rice. It's about no, his no, no. 20th. There's a, well, maybe, okay, we're giving him a chance <laughs> on a continent that he has not yet been to. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, the yeah, okay, there you go. But no, uh, the man who spent a year with Glenn Rice Jr. Yep. was Shamir, yep. the head coach. The man who actually builds the culture and spends the most time with these players is Dan Shamir, the yep. head coach. So and I understand you've, you've got to potentially go at Matt Walsh because he was the one that you know led the charge of getting Shamir here. Yeah, I But he that. should know when you're dealing with a player like that that it's not going to work if you've dealt with him before and you know what he's like. You can't put so a- you're the one making the call yeah. there. Matt Walsh is taking advice, I can only imagine, from Shamir there. So I love Matt Walsh's passion that he has for this league and the passion that he has for the Breakers. I'm, look, I'm with you. And I, the, the thing about the Glen Rice, you can't, they're already in a bit of a shambles, the Breakers. A lot of stuff out of their control. But you can't put a black and gold band-aid over a leaking pot. It's not going to work. And it fell off a lot quicker. It fell off a lot quicker than they expected. Well, they're absolutely all over the show. And we talk about the Webster thing going down now. They absolutely cannot catch a break. But they're not making it easier for themselves at all. And and There's there's something else we'll talk about later. There's something else we'll talk about here. This isn't the only thing going for them. But before we get to that, we're going to chuck in a little segment every now and again called Unknown Stories of the NBL. Because there's a lot of stuff that goes on in this league that doesn't either, you know, it makes the headlines for a little bit where we never get the full backstory because we don't have like the NBA beat writers, beat reporters running around these guys asking them questions. So this week, I believe that you've got an unknown story of the NBL that you wanted to tell. This was a couple years ago when you, this is after your of 6 debut. <laughs> so you were said you were coming back, you you were development player, trying to figure out where you are, money-wise. Trying to figure out life. All this kind of stuff, you had a miss or whatever. Now, this is a true story. I want to hear your thoughts on why you exactly did it. Felix Von Hoff... I'm going to look down the camera. Felix Von Hoff <laughs> turned around and said, 
He didn't. He wanted to give away free money, basically. He had an opportunity to get a match payment. So you were going to go to Gold Coast. You're going to have a, had a weekend plan to go and have some fun. Your missus is up there doing all this. I had an absolute bender plan on the Gold Coast. Absolute yes. bender plan on the Gold Coast. You think you weren't going to be called up because everybody on our roster was healthy at the time. We were leaving on the Friday afternoon. We are training in the morning. David Anderson goes down with an ankle injury. All of a sudden, this man's face in the train just goes, oh, shit, I might be called up here. They go over to Felix and say, Dave Anderson's been ruled out. You're coming on the flight. Felix turns around and goes, my hamstring. Are you telling my story? <laughs> he fakes it. And we all knew. We just couldn't believe there's no way this man's faking it to get out of this for a bender. Come to The best part about this whole story, he doesn't come on the trip. They bring someone else. We're all mad at him for that. We rock up to the airport on the Gold Coast. Guess who's on our flight? <laughs> this guy in a cotton-on shirt and a raggy jeans. <laughs> a cotton-on shirt and a pair of ripped jeans. I think I was already two beers deep by the time I got to the airport getting ready for this rager. But yeah, no, I, I assumed that everyone was... The game was against the Bullets. I assumed <laughs> the game was going to be in Brisbane and then all of a sudden I rock up to the airport and there I see Chris sitting there. And then, yeah. No, but they were, you know, it was a fantastic trip on the Gold Coast and my hands were healed so. ever since. You'd want to hope so because your the, fate was sealed up. The worst part with that was that you and Barlow knew exactly what I was doing. Straight away, as soon as you grabbed your hamstring, I was just like, this guy can't be serious. And they kept throwing me under the bus because I wasn't sure whether Dean Vickerman knew that I had actually faked the hamstring injury or not. Not at the time, but not he was going to find eventually. But he was yeah. going to find out eventually because you guys had no subtlety in asking me <laughs> how my hamstring was every practice after You would have got away with it had you not picked the exact same flight that we were on. You yeah, probably would have got That was an it. absolute L. Why but, are you guys flying Jetstar? A development player flies Jetstar. The team Gold should Coast. not be flying Jetstar. It was Jetstar. Gold, yeah, Gold Coast. The, the glorified Bogan. We've got, a, we've got a lot more unknown stories to come. This segment will get a lot the of traction. glorified Bogan missile that flies continuously <laughs> back and forth to the Gold Coast on Jetstar. Well, they, they're not sponsoring us. Speaking of another questionable decision that happened, and we spoke about the New Zealand Breakers earlier, but they cannot keep themselves out of trouble after getting reported that they stole alcohol from Perth Arena. Now... Corey Webster bounced back on this saying that he, he posted a comment on Instagram back to Basketball Forever who originally posted the article pretty much saying that no, the staff there said it was totally fine to take it and there's absolutely nothing in this, which you know I can understand both sides on this. But for anyone who has been on a sporting team that travels on the road, this is what happens. You can say it doesn't happen, but this is what happens. It happens in college. It happens in professional basketball. It okay. happens in the NBA. Okay, we're not stealing soaps and shampoos from the hotel here that are free to come with. They did not steal that alcohol. There well, is no way they stole whether that Whether they did or not, at the time with what was going on, the Glenn Rice stuff had already happened. It's just not even worth going near the situation. It's just like, oh, there's alcohol there. If people are going to be around to see it or just have a chance to be portrayed badly in the media... Now's not the time. I'm backing up Webster on this show. I, I, sure. I, I reckon 100% that the staff there were like, yeah, sure, take a couple of bottles. And then they end up getting in trouble when, the, when their boss says, hey, you know, we're missing three bottles. Did you take it? They'll be like, oh, no, the, you know, the New Zealand players took it. That's what's happened could, here. And then could it's just be, been you could folded be spot on. into this You could story. be spot on and without us being there to know what happened. But it's just the wrong timing for it because then you go and with that alcohol, have a sleeping pill and you get arrested when you get landed. Well, that's the issue. And, and the sleeping pill is the ultimate out. Do, do, I, do I believe that he pulled a Roseanne bar and just took the sleeping pill? Uh, I don't know. I reckon he just got absolutely trashed as I have on many flights. And the flight, let's not forget on this. We're going back to the Todd Vondanovich story. Vondanovich. It was 6 p.m. that flight left Perth. Yeah. There is no way everybody is asleep that time. No, that's bullshit. Yeah. There is some, but that's what people think happens on some of these road trips. Like the guys just up, go yeah. to play, 
They this relax, not- they come back to the hotel room. And, so, and, you know, maybe the Perth Wildcats do that. People who think that, <laughs> this is not like when you see after the NBA teams win a championship and they're all having their cards out, having <laughs> drinks on the Jets. This is not like that. We're sitting in Qantas planes here. We're just trying to watch some TV or just chill. Some Qantas there, yeah, yeah. What happens in the Qantas lounge stays in the Qantas lounge. Vodanovic, probably got to work on that one and just don't take it onto the flight. And I, I do want to, I wish we had more details from anyone else that was on that flight as to why the police actually got called. Yeah, you have, there's got to be more I've been rowdy on some flights. Oh, for sure. That Gold Coast one. <laughs> the Gold Coast one, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Me getting the, the Yeah, death there's got to be more to come out of it. It's no, there's got to be more. But anyway, let's jump straight into hot or cold right now because we've got some interesting ones here. One of which you were on the commentary team for. Brendan Taze somehow finds an American accent while talking to Jeff Van Groningen. This is the best footage you'll see all week. With me right now is uh, Brendan Tees. And Brendan, you've come off the bit, well, come into a new role tonight, really looking for your shot as well as all those other things you give the team. A big first half for you. Yeah, look, I mean, we pride ourselves on being 11 deep. Whenever I'm, when anyone gets the opportunity, you've seen it with Jack McVeigh early in the season, me right now, when anyone gets that opportunity, we're confident in them that they can go and produce. Amazing track meet of a game. How do you try to put the stop on, on this Brisbane team in the open floor right now? Well, you know, we like to play up-tempo. Right now, they're playing up-tempo. Um, Sobes has obviously uh, got off to a good start, so we'll try to slow him down, look at a few different things on on-balls and stuff like that. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Watching this and we're listening to the halftime, had a tremendous first half. First off, he was supposed to be starting, and then they changed the starting lineup. They threw him out there, and they were supposed to put Obi Chai on. Then he got taken off right before the tip and got brought back on three seconds after. It was all wild, and I don't know what happened, but American Brendan Tees rocked up at halftime in a full-blown American accent. It was full-blown, but with, and he, he sort of rolled back to his Australian accent Yeah, it came back. But it, do you reckon it was because Jeff Van Groningen? Might have been. Was it, interviewing, and he's just sort of, it, naturally when you're tired, this sort of stuff happens? No, or <laughs> I'm not giving him any Is he pulling excuse. a Ben Simmons and it's, just putting a full-on American accent? I don't accent know where on. it came from, because there's no way you've come off after you're one of your best first halves in your career and just had it in, that, in the back of your head just being like, oh, I've got this accent Maybe now. that's what happened. He went with the import mentality. Do it again. I love it. Well, I'm giving this one. I'm drowning this one in a bucket of cold ice. This is completely cold from Brennan Taze. I'm with you. You can't be having your best game can't and try to again. go full you yank. can't up again. It was go funny. Go full yank on the second one. It was a disgrace. Well, the next one up. Do the Kings need to be worried about Gigi Lazada being called back before Christmas? Now, what a lot of people don't seem to know about Lazada's contract is that he could be recalled by the struggling Pelicans before December 31st. Hot. Yes. Hot? You reckon be. it's happening? I, I, whether it's happening or not, there was a game well, last week. you say it's week, hot, then you probably reckon it's happening. But I'm telling you, so there was a game last week. This had nothing to do with, nothing was brought up whatsoever about Didi, or Gigi, sorry, his name is Gigi. <laughs> Gigi. And the, uh, Sydney Kings, nothing was brought up about that. They were interviewing the GM of the Pelicans at a halftime of the game. And he brought up, the first person he brought up, he goes, we have Gigi down there doing some terrific things for the Sydney Kings. Nothing else was prompted or anything. That's the first thing that he mentioned on the broadcast. So they're thinking about it. With Zion out, they've got a couple of other injuries out. If he keeps doing what he's doing, he's doing what he's doing, he's having his games, there's a strong chance that he might come back. But again, it's the same thing as Lamelo. I think he's only going to get better the longer he stays. He's got the best players to learn around. Well, that's the thing. You either take it to the Pelicans, want to bring him in and say, okay, next year we're actually going to have everyone back in the lineup. We might be able to give this one a crack at making the playoffs. Zion's a year older. Lonzo's a year older. Gigi, who I reckon he can play. Side note, Casey Prather's dog is actually named Gigi. So, well, he's coming up. There's so I, I, I refuse. Yeah, he will be coming up in a bit, but I refuse to. I, I want to call him DD because I hate that he's also named 
Casey Pratt's dog. If I'm a GM, don't do it because you've got him learning the ways of the professional industry from Andrew Bogut, who had a great NBA career, and Casper Ware, who's another terrific leader, and Kevin Lish. We forget about Kevin Lish and Brad Newley. He's got the best heads to learn around why he stays here. So stay here. Go on, try and win a chip. Have all that. But do you start building culture with the Pelicans now? That's my issue. And the NBA doesn't care about whether they affect a team or whatever. No, because they're not going to be hunting for a championship this year. Does it affect the Kings if he goes? Does it make a legitimate legitimate impact on their championship? It will. Absolutely it will. He's that X factor where... He can give the, you can give the ball and let him create something when Casper's off, Kev Lish is out still right now. He is a playmaker. It will hurt them. So I hope he stays for the league and for himself, but I'm not an American GM. Uh, what about the next one? Bogut calls for salary transparency. Now, I'm going to jump out. I love Andrew Bogut. But I'm going to jump out and say hypocrite on this one. One, because you earn a shit ton of money and it's cool to get your salary public at that point. And he's coming at it from the standpoint of people saying that the Kings are so far over the salary cap. But I do recall, and I cannot find any evidence of this, which is alarming, but Bogut, when the NBA salaries are out and transparent as they are in America, Bogut came out, whether he was quoted an article or it was a full-on article, he mentioned that they're a target for crime because their salaries are made public in the States. So you can't say that and then be coming out and making, which I'm not sure someone being at the end of a bench on 60K is going to make them a target for crime here. So that's not the issue, but you can't. Be making both those. I'm, I'm cold on this. I don't like it either because, I'm cold. Of the, because of the fact that certain players, as you said, guys on the end of the bench who are making not as much, nowhere near as much money as certain players. Nowhere and near. And with how sensitive the world is with everything like this, it's going to lead to more bullying, targeting of these guys who. It's not their fault if they don't play or whatever, for whatever reason. But if you can then look up and say, "This guy, why is this guy making eighty grand? He should be making twenty grand." And then you, it just blows. I don't up from mind there. the aspect of accountability. I don't That's mind different. the it's different. of accountability. I, certain players, it's got to be, you can't, you have to do one in or all yeah. in. But it's going to be, for the guys on the end of the bench or whatever, it's going to be really hard for them to have to have their salaries out there like that. But if you want to have team salaries out there. Teams should be public. That's a different thing. The general thing. team salary should thing. definitely be public and I'm pretty sure that's what Bogus, we've been a bit harsh on him now, but that's what he's going for. The Bogues, team salary should Bogues, be if you listen to this, Felix is going at you, not me. I love you. Please don't, <laughs> please don't come at me on Twitter. I, I, I have yeah, MVP almost every year. But no, I, I've got to say that if I'm a end of the bench player, which probably would have been, on 60K, I don't want to be going to the nightclub and have that you by a drunk you're, guy. You're already rolling at uh, saying you're a professional basketball player. You don't want to be publicly disclosing that you don't earn as much as... Because that's what the NBL is like. The NBL is top-heavy yep. in terms of your talent. That's what you've got to do in this league. Yep. The imports get paid a lot of money, but there's always going to be three or four dudes at the end of the bench Well, there's a really rule aren't on there's that much. And, and the NBL is doing a great job with increasing that. It's increased... Yeah. Oh, it's been... It's increased players association, every year. Players Association has been epic with but this. Jacob Holmes doing a great job yeah. at the Players Association. But and I everyone's think, getting yeah, on board with I that. I don't like it. I don't like it. No, I, I'm not for that. I don't think this is the league for it. This is not the place no. for it. Hold not, not yet. Casey Prather, is his two-year deal going to come back to bite United? Because cold. he's been sitting out. Cold. Is that cold because of bias or is that legitimately cold? It's Casey Prather, man. And let me run you through this. Yeah, Casey know- Prather's great when he's on the floor. Yeah. But when he's injured, eh, he's, won, he's been in the league three years. He's won three times. As you said, being on the floor. So this man had a knee injury that was, that was around when he won that championship with us in Melbourne. He had that throughout the year, had to play through it. Let's not forget he also went down with a really disgusting elbow injury in that year as well. So he's had oh, yeah, a, he's had injuries. So he's had injuries. So he went away, got it fixed and supposed to have been played in Russia. So he had about 15, 16 months out of the game. He comes back. We called his games. He was looking like a beast in preseason. Best shape of his life. And it was ridiculous. He comes back for his first game, has a few in, uh, nigglers, whatever. Goes over to... We actually, we called... There was a game in 
uh, Geelong against the Perth Wildcats when someone ran into his knee, yeah. his other knee. So that's why he was out for a little yeah. bit. That's just a freak accident. Comes back for his first actual game, not a preseason game, where he's going to play minutes in New Zealand. That's a tough road trip. Then comes straight back for a doublehead at play again. That trip alone is going to do some damage to athletes in a hole when you have to recover. But this is a guy who hasn't played for 18 months. Throw him into actual proper professional games. He's going to be a little banged up. His back was sore. And on this, I heard last week, I wasn't there, but in Friday training before the game, he was unbelievable. Like he was dunking on everyone. And right at the end of training, went up for a dunk and just came down and hurt his back and spasmed but, a little bit. But there's the issue. If these things keep on happening and this is getting worse, and maybe, Casey, because a lot of imports don't sign multi-year deals. Actually, we it's always... It's starting had, to change starting because to change of the level now. that the NBL's at now. Bryce opened the door for that. Bryce opened the door for that. Yeah. And that was a smart move by him. You can keep yeah. knocking at the door of the NBA and maybe he gets a chance here and there, but he's, what, making 400K or whatever it is for the next three, four okay. years. I, I believe that's what, it, what it's around. And, and he's worth every cent of that. Absolutely. Probably worth more. But I'm still not sold on the Casey Brad the two-year. If I'm Melbourne United... And, and look, when they say two-year deals, it could be an option. It could be a club option. I think it's. I would hope that there would be a, a mutual option. I think it's smart because, as you said, like if he has, to, even if he has to use this year to get back to right, and he by the time playoffs come around, he's ready to go and helps them win a championship. If you've got this man locked in, and he's comfortable, he loves Melbourne. If he's comfortable and you can keep him for longer years, this man dominates this league when he's good. I don't know. Can you make the key moves next year if you've still got Casey? If he goes down with a big injury, which I hope he doesn't. I love Casey Prather and I reckon he's one of the best players in this league. But you've got to be smart when you're throwing around contracts like this and the amount of money that this guy garners because 100%. he is so good and but has been so successful. Why, why it's going to be okay, look at the rest of their roster. They're still getting it done. They're going to be okay when he comes back. Just give it time. Let him come back. They can back. win it if he doesn't. If, if, if he ends up saying, if they end up saying, closing the door and saying, look, we need to just rest him so he's right for next year, can they still win it this year? Is So Dylan Stites going to stay in the, their team? I, I assume they'd go yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, they can still win it. They can win it with whatever. You've seen what they can still do. They've got enough talent. Well, right he's now. been out for the last few games. They're on a six game winning streak. So Chris Golding, Mello Trimble's been balling. Sean Long had a little off period, but he'll come back. They're going to be fine. What do you think of Sean Long's attitude in the last game? I don't like it. It's just, I know it's the tough body and frustrating. It's, it's frustrating. But it can't be frustrating. Yeah, the, the thing that always worries me is you can't be frustrated. I understand this guy's having an MVP caliber yeah, season. That's why I think it's frustrating. But when you have an off night, the thing I love from Dean Vickerman was dragging him when he messed up. That's, and that's what Dean said he's going to do with this That's roster. what you need to do when you have a roster like this. And I think that's something that's going to come with, he, he's not on that Breakers team anymore from last year. He's on a team that's extremely talented enough to win. But these guys, these stars on the Melbourne United, they don't all have to perform each night to win. And I think that's something he'll grow with over the year. And again, he's got guys. Chris Golding was in his ear a lot during on the court. It's frustrating. A couple of calls didn't go his way. He's missing bunnies that he normally gets. He'll be fine. Chris Golding is quietly having a massive year as well. Well, sneaks under the radar with Sean Long and Mellow Trimble. He's on. He's just. But we're getting over some from. vintage Chris Golding this year. He's on another level. And he seems to do it in the contract years, doesn't he? He knows what he's, he's got to have it. He knows. He knows what he's securing he's that bag for. He's fine. Does he stay at Melbourne next year? I'm not Chris. I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> oh, you've got to have some sort of... Hint. He loves Melbourne. He's, he's, well, he's, he's I, would be, I would be shocked to see him leave Melbourne. I, I, but you've also I got to remember too. that these NBL clubs are always trying to save a dollar. And if they don't have the money, because does he go up money next year? Because he's having a big year. If they've still got Casey Prater's contract there... He is too important to let go. Can he's, you afford it? He's, no. It's it, Chris. It, he's the face for a reason. People he's, are walking around Melbourne in 43 jerseys. Yeah, I got one. And he's coming up <laughs> to his 300th game this week. Next week. Going up next week to his 300th game. Big so a big time. one for Chris Gordon, one of the stalwarts of this league. Now it's time for the big bet wins. These are the ones that I love. And I question what this person was doing when they threw this on. But turning $5 into 3.9K is not easy. Well, 3.5K, I believe. But turning that sort of money from $5 is not easy. But what do you think of the actual bet here? 
Now, you've got to have some seriously big kahunas to go Long, Patterson, Sobey, Goulding, all for the unders in the Melbourne United versus Brisbane Bullets matchup. Hey, this dude's put this on. That was Shout a- out. There is no way you're studying the game and being like, oh, yeah, these guys match up. This guy... There is no chance that there was any sort of logical thinking in this. You're going rebound unders on long. I, I can kind of see that one just because the bigs, Hodgie and Magnaza puts bodies on. Kind of see that one. You know, one. we talk about Sean Long here and you just referenced Hodgson and Magnaza to stop no, him from just getting big his bodies. Rebounds. But that's what Lamanis would do. He'd be like, go out there, do not let this guy have an impact on the game. That's the only one I can understand. Patterson, Sobey, Goulding. This is the ballsiest bet I've ever seen and I'm actually disappointed that it came off purely from the standpoint of no, Don't be disappointed, that. man. This guy was... This guy had been at the... <laughs> All day, he's absolutely <laughs> told his boys, Oi, check this one out. I'm putting this one on. There is no way there's been any thought going into that whatsoever. They need to bring in the mystery bet option with the same game multi. Well, well, you that's just a good click, idea. Yeah, mystery bet. Just click a button. No, nah, that's not good because, because <laughs> then you turn around and just be like, <laughs> set DPs over their points. <laughs> well, let's jump into a bit of NBA talk as well. Luka Doncic, legitimate MVP candidate. He's being called the white James Harden. Right now, I which I'm, I'm not sure that. because he's a lot more efficient than James Harden, that. but he's right up there in the player efficiency ratings as well. And usually the MVP comes from whoever leads the player efficiency, which currently it's being led by Giannis, who could go back to back. But are we are we having a nibble I, at Luka Doncic at $5.50? I completely stopped listening to you after you competing with James Harden. <laughs> I'm just going to go with what's on the run sheet. Can he legitimately... <laughs> yes, he can win the MVP. I... 550 is pretty short for him, but he's doing everything. And Dallas, they're actually kind of fun to watch. They're smashing teams. Smashing teams. Which is weird. Like, literally, they are 30-piecing certain teams, and Luca's doing it everything he can in the first half, and then sitting down. He had a great little thing with J.J. Bray on the bench. I don't know if you saw it. No. The fans were cheering for J.J. to get in, and J.J. pretended to run up, and Luca was loving <laughs> life. But you could see Coach was just like, let's not have fun. What are the chances that you get back-to-back? So if you're Dallas, you get Nowitzki, the greatest, arguably the greatest European talent to come through the league, potentially the world. There's a few. Straight of off the back of that, you get Luka Doncic. Oh, credit to Mark that Cuban. That is Mark Cuban hitting the lottery twice. There's a reason he's on Shark Tank. <laughs> he knows when to buy things. <laughs> if you were to Shark Tank, imagine how much you'd have to bid for Luka Doncic. Love but Shark no, no, no. Tank. Nah, he's a, definitely a candidate. He's doing absolutely everything. My I only, just love watching My him. only issue is can Dallas win enough games? The way that they're 30-piece in teams at the moment, I think they've got a legitimate chance. Where do, where do they have to finish lowest for him to? They're going to make the playoffs. They, they have to make they have to make the playoffs to win the MVP. You cannot miss the playoffs and win the MVP. So they sneak in the eighth seat. Give sneak it to in him. the eighth, and you have a chance. And he, if he leads the efficiency, and he continues, if he can average a triple double, here's my thing. If he if he has, he's averaging 30, 10, and ten, I believe, or something yeah. like that. If he keeps over that the last stat, ten games, I believe. If he keeps that stat for the whole year. The West is loaded, but finishes ninth or tenth by a couple of games. Would no. you give it to him? No, the flatline rule, unspoken I, rule, especially voted. It's voted by the media, and we got to remember that storylines win this award. If he misses out just by a couple of games and averages that, I want him to have it still. I, I still think he's a potential because when you t- it depends how you look at most valuable player. You take him out of Dallas, they are finishing. They're, they're in the lottery. Well, that's why we don't so vote for these things. But if I said to you, pick one player to start your franchise with: James Harden, Giannis, Arden and Kumbo, or Luka Doncic, who are you pick? I'm probably still taking Giannis. Yeah, me Giannis, too. That's yeah, a terrible, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> terrible I'll take, analogy. I'm, taking Giannis I'm just never a fan of the back-to-back MVPs, and I know how hard it is to win. The only when it was done with Steph Curry, he, he virtually win. had. He, he could have won most improved as well. Yeah, I don't think he won it. Giannis this year. No, it's going to be close. But if he finishes up in the efficiency rating in Milwaukee just as good as last year, he's got a legitimate chance. But Luka Doncic is going to be one of the future guys to watch, and he's got that sort of like cult hero status about him at the moment. And like, remember how Kobe was always like people would purely tune in for Kobe. Like LeBron doesn't have that. He's not as liked. This is, you know, why I love. Luka? There's not, yeah, there's nowhere this, near as much love for LeBron as there is right now in terms of that Luka Doncic. Like such a feel good. This player. is why I love Luka. Luka could walk down in Times Square 
if he's not wearing any, any no. just normal clothes, and people could think, you know what, that guy drinks as many beers as I do on a Sunday on the couch. Like he's just like he's just a regular <laughs> bloke. He's just on a Europe trip, just uh, in New York City, just having some fun. And yet he's going out there and doing massive triple doubles. That's why I love Luca because he looks like you and me and he's getting buckets. Yeah, he looks like you and me. He plays like me. It all works together. Well, it's time to put your money where your mouth is, though, with the NBL. Oh, six. Round nine are we up to now? I hope so. You've thrown it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Round nine coming up. Let me know where you're throwing your 100 bucks this week. All right. So Melbourne laid an egg up at Cairns last year. Uh, last year. Last time they played there earlier this year. I've got 40 bucks for them to beat Cairns up there. I know we didn't bring it up, but I, you and I both had the cans to make top four after they, what they did to Perth. I love them. Their top six are some of the best in the league, but they can't make the top four if they're losing games to Illawarra. Yeah, but it's weird. Illawarra's a bogey team. That's like saying Perth can't win the championship if they're losing games to Cairns. Perth always lose to Cairns nah, for some I'm, reason. I'm off. I, loved the Sna- I still love the Snakes. Their top six is as talented as anyone in the league, but I don't think they've got to be way more consistent and show it more. But I think Melbourne are going up there on a roll. They'll make sure they get it done. And then I got another 40 for the Phoenix on the line versus the Bullets. I think they'll go up there. The Bullets will have a nice little response, but Phoenix need to respond. Goodness me. Yeah, a lot of people saying the honeymoon period may I, be over, which I'm not buying it. Well, I think it is over, but I think they'll bounce back from I don't think they'll go on their run like they had at the start of the year, but I think they'll be a bit up and down from here. They'll win a few games still. Are they going to win games yeah. still? They've just got to get used to playing on the road because right now their only road games have been against Melbourne United. Well, they played one more against in uh, Perth, in and, Perth, and, and they got absolutely smacked. Yeah. But going on the road is going to be a test for them. But you know what? They're led by Mitch Creek, who is one of the best players in the league and one of the best leaders at the moment. So I'm and fully yeah, backing them to the hills. And they've got they need Ty Wesley. Please, Ty, they come need back. Ty Wesley. But then um, Keith Benson's still starting to show some yeah, stuff. So I think they'll cover the line and the bullets. And I got twenty bucks on Perth <laughs> to beat Adelaide. Perth. Well, this depends on Tariko White. Where are you, Tariko? How bad is your knee? P comes back. Either way, I still expect them to get it done at home. They like to play at home. Bryce likes to go off at home. Adelaide <laughs> they loves, do like to play at home. Adelaide loves to give up points, so Bryce Cotton <laughs> will be going off there. Um, but then Adelaide are another bogey team as well, but I got 20 on Perth. Let me hear no. yours. Nice. Well, I'm going the ante, you. I'm going $20 on the Snakes to knock off Melbourne United. Why? Because I actually like winning. I don't like betting on a dollar two. With Melbourne, actually, I think they're sitting at around $1.50 sort of range. But no, I'm, oh, so a, I'm a firm believer in the Snakes. So you're we, chasing odds here? No, I'm not chasing odds. This is why you bet on I'm number not. 11 on trackside. <laughs> this is why. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm going with the Snakes here. I reckon they bounce back after that loss. You're not going to go and beat Perth, lose to Cairns, and then drop another Fair one. Enough. And they've been good at home against Melbourne. They have. But they've had you, a good history against Instead Melbourne. of putting that bet on, just give me 20 bucks. No deal. No deal. Sportsbeat gives me better odds than you do. <laughs> and I got $50 on Southeast Melbourne to beat the Bullets. Yeah, I, I like think it. that this is the bounce back game for Southeast Melbourne. I, I'm not too worried I just went a little there. safer with the line. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. No, no, no safety here. Absolutely no safety. And then $30, I'm going to chuck as well on Perth to bet Adelaide. Oh, there we go. I wouldn't like I'll back you in on something. Well, so I can't because the issue two. is that I don't want to be stuck here next week on zero dollars, like five bucks. Oh, is that what we're doing? Go, yeah, yeah, we keep this, this, this tally's running. You need to be held accountable. So if by next week one of us has zero dollars, they're out of the segment. Oh, uh, they're out of the show. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, we've got, we have a revolving wheel of hosts. I like as it. you've noticed on this thing. Yeah, I like but it. But anyway, that's all we got time for this week. <laughs> We're getting ready for a massive round nine. Any massive matchups you're particularly looking forward to next week? I, I'm looking forward to Melbourne bouncing back in Cairns. I I'm think looking they forward, have to do it. I'm looking forward to the Snakes knocking off Melbourne and showing them that they are still capable of finishing the top four. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. It's been a great episode, and we will see you next week. Make sure you jump on iTunes, Spotify, wherever they have podcasts. YouTube. YouTube as well, if you want to look at us. I hope so. <laughs> I know we look like twins, but hope you Thanks enjoy Thanks for it. tuning in. We're out. <laughs> <laughs>